mumble a lot. So. The only thing that gets it sometimes is like, because we put you in the middle, so you have to do that. Yeah. And so a little bit more of a directional mic, so it's like. Yeah, and then some like when we turn to talk, now we're not facing the mic, so we've been advised to keep the mics a little closer. <laughs> yeah. Got advisors so, and everything. Yeah. You're all yeah. Unofficial advisor sure. from uh, Frito. The man. <laughs> yep, hit it. We are, we're recording, though, now. And uh, for viewers who don't recognize the man in the blue couch or hear his voice, Johnny Alvarez, one of the first people, the only person I knew, actually, when I moved to California. Yeah, I remember this Judd, guy right here. Judd yeah. sending me a Facebook message going, my boy's moving out there. Take care of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you did. There's this big, goofy left-hander coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Can I make him play defense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, you. I mean, that original group was like you, Jason, Ben Vaught, Brendan Duff, and then it just expanded from there. Yeah. And we were – I mean, that was when we were – well, I was – friends with playing with Ty Trambley and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting you out there was, it was fun. Yeah. When, when did you move to California? Cause you're a Dallas boy. Yeah. I grew up in Dallas. I moved to, I went to college in Denver, uh, okay. moved back to Dallas in 2000 and then moved out here in 2013. Um, okay. It's kind of a long story of my beach career. It was just up and down and I had a cushy job at the time where I'd pretty much automated it, so mm. I didn't work a whole t- a whole lot. We love that. Um, yeah. And so... <laughs> I, I want one of those. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in 2013, I, you know, just life presented itself with I didn't have anything holding me in Dallas. <clears throat> I'm like, you know, let's re-pursue volleyball at a yeah. higher level. And in all honesty, I knew that I, I, I'm not that good. Um, I, I knew that I wasn't main draw material. I never, I've always known that. Um, but to me, it was always about the reason I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my entire beach career was traveling, meeting people and getting to know the industry. And, and it was, uh, not gonna lie, it was strategic. Um, and so it was for a purpose, but you know, when I moved back out here, I was 38 years old. Yeah. I mean, being the old guy. No one wants to play with the old guy. And I was a 5'10", full-time blocker. I mean, who wants to play with that (laughs) Um, at the highest level? But, um, you know, I was well well connected. I had known Ryan Mariano and Ed Mm -hmm. Ratledge and those guys for a decade before then. And and then Ty uh, Trambley. I actually played against Ty in Phoenix, Arizona, when he was playing with Tyler Hildebrand. Um, Really? Yeah. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Um, That was crazy. That's uh, interesting. That was... That was a fun tournament to watch. Hildebrand is pretty insane setter. I've heard that he's so. like he was like one of the best setters ever, and that if he had one functioning knee, he'd have been pretty dang good. Yeah, no, I I, I remember a play. Now this might be faulty memory, just because I'm old, but it was me and a buddy of mine, Chad Mays. Um, we were playing them, and Ty had shanked a ball or something, and Tyler built. I, I again, this could be foggy, but I remember him just diving and rolling out and throwing it back over his head. I mean, he's vertical and throw it back over his head all the way to the pin to tie. And we just were like, we couldn't even play defense. We were like, <laughs> that came out perfectly clean. <laughs> How do you, I mean, back when why even try to do it? It to be clean. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. Clean, yeah. Now. That was, that was early two thousands. So yeah. Yeah. Did you, so you grew up in Dallas. Was there beach volleyball? Oh no. Then? No, yeah. No, no, I'm no. wondering how, like how anyone outside of the state of California got into it back then. Uh, so the quick version of my story, my brother, um, 
I come from a divorce family, typical ex-gen um, or Gen X uh, family. My brother was six years older, um, mm-hmm. and so he was like God to me, right? And I just wanted to do whatever my brother did. Mm-hmm. Um, he moved away to college. Um, I guess he's six years older, so I was like, what, six, 12 at the time? Um, and he went to Stanford, and he started playing grass volleyball. Um, and he was pretty – I mean, he was like a double-A, triple-A grass player in Northern California. Um, and so just hearing his stories, you know, I just wanted to play volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was 88 ish, um, somewhere around there. So I, you know, got on TV and, and saw the AVP plan. I stick in videotape, awesome. um, recorded the AVP. So I, I literally <laughs> no learned the basics of volleyball by fast forward and rewinding, um, Sinjin and, and Randy. Um, I mean, I was young, I was 14, 15 years old and I literally was like, why is top spin good? So I would sit there and watch the video and all that. And be like, huh. well, if you serve with underspin, then they're just going to pass it right back to you. So I'd go out in the backyard and, and serve underspin on the roof and, and, <laughs> and be like, no, okay, that's too easy. And, <laughs> and so I, I literally kind of learned playing on my roof and, and watching videotapes of uh, Sinjin and Randy. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's, it's kind of crazy. Sorry, that's my phone. I, oh, that's all good. Oh, I was here. like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. We get a lot of noises on the, like, we have your infusion thing yeah. that makes all sorts of random beeps. I was like, the listeners no, are probably no just like, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Or we'll have the trash truck come by in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I picked it up, just my brother. Um, now, it was Texas in the 80s. And right. So if you weren't playing football, you yeah. got made fun of. Yeah, um, right. Take well, a dress up. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, JD talked about this, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the time, it was not acceptable. Um, yeah. and, I, and not only that, I went from playing soccer to playing volleyball, which is which is double um, in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I remember my very first sand tournament ever. Um, we were going to Young Life Camp. Okay. We were going to Young Life Camp in North North Carolina. Okay. And we took a bus from Dallas to North Carolina. It's a hall. And yeah. yeah. So and it's a bus full of kids. Yeah. Right. And this is right, um, must have been 89, 90, back when Steve Timmons had red sand. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this uh, I had this black volleyball. It was solid black. Um, <laughs> it was made just like Spalding's, but it was solid black. Mm-hmm. And, and we loved it. Um, and of course we were, you know, 15, 16 years old. And yeah. so it was me and my volleyball partner, um, mm-hmm. at the time we're on the bus yeah. driving across the country. Um, and we get stuck in the back and we're just getting made fun of the entire time. <laughs> just all oh, these blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and they're just making fun of us the whole time. And, and halfway down the trip, we stop at Panama city. Okay. Um, and we're at this like hostel type thing. I don't know if it was a hostel or, or what it was, but. Um, and so we're at this hostel type thing and they had a sand court right in the front of it. Um, and we're like, Oh, this is sweet. You know, we go out there and play and we meet this guy named Dirk. Um, and his parents own the place. Right. And, and he is, you know, like a double A player in, in Florida and panhandle Florida, um, in the late eighties. Um, and so he sits there and plays with us and, and we think it's cool thing. He's like, Oh, by the way, there's a tournament tomorrow. You guys should come play it. You know, we'd never step foot on the tournament court and so and register for A and played A. Well, long story short, we made it to the semis and the entire bus got held up for us to finish the tournament. <laughs> and so everybody that was on the bus making fun of us, calling us gay, calling <laughs> us all this stuff, had to sit there and watch us play the quarters and the semis. Uh-huh. Right. And then all of a sudden we weren't 
we weren't so uncool anymore. Uh-huh. As soon as we roll up to camp, the first thing that's going on is they're playing volleyball outside. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, I want Alvarez on my team. I want Alvarez. <laughs> right. And so it was kind of, it was interesting. It was, but it was, it was a beating. I mean, playing in Texas back then was not. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. So, but there was a good group actually that came out of Texas, believe it or not. We had a, an indoor coach. Um, that went around all the outdoor tournaments and, and recruited us to play. Um, and our indoor club team was Jonathan Nino. Okay. Um, and his doubles partner at the time, Lorenzo. Um, Adam Zuffinetti. Okay. Who went to BYU and played with Casey and all those guys. Um, and Brent Crouch, um, who is a top-level NCAA coach now. I mean, he was at, he was coaching USC women's for a yeah. while, and now he's off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But And then me. Um, and so there, there was quite a few people that came out of that little yeah. Texas group. I mean, everybody hated us. We were all, I mean, take all the <laughs> beach players and put them on an indoor team. You take beach attitudes and put them indoor. <laughs> no one liked us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially back in the day where smack talk was, oh, was not normal. Only, right. Yeah, normal. It was encouraged. So. Right. Encouraged. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. It was a fun time. Fun it's, time it's funny to see now because Texas is grassroots wise. It's massive. And you would know. I mean, yeah. you know all the numbers and the analytics behind it just so we can get into what you do now in the volleyball circle that you're on volleyball life. Yep. I remember, I mean, when you were starting it, you started when you were in Huntington, right? At, towards like the tail end of your yeah. California life. Yeah. It was kind of funny cause it was at the end of my playing career. Um, kind of, I mean, if you call it a career, but I'd call it a career. Eh, yeah. It was, I mean, I mean, I, I could win matches and qualifiers, but that's yeah. not it. And if it so. were like, like 32 team main draws, you would have made a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, we had plenty of 21sts. Yeah, like like small that. draws are really freaking hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Yeah, and actually, it's kind of it's kind of funny how it ended, too. I mean, this is, I don't know if this is a story, story worth telling, but, um, and this isn't a woe is me story because everything's fine now, but so the the last tournament before I started volleyball life was Hermosa or Manhattan mm-hmm. of 2017. Okay. Right, and Christian and I had played together all summer, um, and we had just split up. Yeah, Christian Honer. Christian Honer, yeah. Um, we had just split up mm-hmm. and I just wanted to play one last tournament. I think it was Hermosa. And so Dylan Lesniak and I played and in training, we were playing really well. I mean, we played really, really well together. And so then Hermosa rolls around, we decide to play it. And the day before the tournament, I have a doctor's appointment and I find out I have kidney cancer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so then we show up to the tournament. Um, Obviously, I'm not in the best frame of mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, what, 42, 43 at the time, uh, playing with a guy I've never played with before. um, And we're playing Hagen and Cole. Um, And so although my career started watching tapes of Sinjin, my last tournament that I actually was really trying was – the day after I found out I had cancer, it was the worst tournament I've ever played in my life. And we're playing against Hagen. Yeah. And Sinjin's on the sideline running his fucking mouth, talking shit to <laughs> oh, me. <man. laughs> and I'm just like, dude, what am I doing? <laughs> Half of me's like, all right, be I, I'm 43, 5'10", full-time blocker. And if you feel like you have to talk smack to me, then I guess I'm doing something okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, and so that, after that, I was just like, uh, yeah. I'm not going to chase it anymore. Yeah. It's just... So then, yeah, and it just so happened to coincide with a company my brother had started called Nexo Financial. Um, it was a money remittance company. And about a year before that, we'd sold it to MoneyGram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with it for 10 years. That's what I did mm. um, in the technology space. And uh, when it sold, I went 
with it to MoneyGram. All the employees did. Um, and so I had just gotten laid off because um, they, you know, kept us all for about a year or two and then laid us off. Um, and so I was just kind of, you know, what am I going to do now? Um, and I'd actually started Volleyball Life in 2007. Um, I had a full working version. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a full working version in 2007. Um, went around trying to sell it, trying to get tournament directors, and the only competition was pen and paper. Um, people were like, why would I pay you for what I can do on pen and paper? Right. Um, and everybody was still kind of afraid of technology. I mean, Instagram wasn't even out yet. I mean, right. it was just, and, uh, all the tournament directors in Dallas, they didn't quite grasp the, what we had talked about mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, which is the restaurant row theory. Yeah. Um, and they didn't quite agree with that. And they're like, I don't want my players seeing my competitions tournaments as well. And, and I don't need to pay you for something I can do on pen and paper. And so I'd shelved it when we started Nexo. Um, and then I came back to it after we sold Nexo and I was like, you know, maybe I can try to restart it. And, uh, that's when Ed was like, I'll be a beta tester for it. I need something. And, mm-hmm. and so I got to work on it uh, and started it. And then, uh, and what year did you, did Ed kind of sort of revive it a little? That was 2000, the end of 2017. Okay. So the end of 2017 rolled around. Um, and Ed was like, you know, you've always been talking about this and I kind of need something right now. If you build it, I'll use it. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I, I can build you what you need and a lot more. Um, and then I, I don't know how even how it happened about a week and a half, two weeks later after that conversation, um, I'm up at Disney sitting down with, uh, Gino and Denny and Lennon that run AAU beach. And I walk into the meeting and as normal, Ed is 15 minutes late, doesn't even show up. I don't even know who I'm talking to. <laughs> right. I walk in they're like, Oh, you must be John. I'm like, yeah, where's Ed? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, so I sit down there like, Oh, I hear, I hear you're building us this and this and this. I'm like, I am. <laughs> okay cool so i thought it was going sure. in for a sales pitch right yeah mm. and it wasn't a sales pitch it was just like you're building this for us cool yeah yeah and and so we built it and we baited it for a long time and, and at the time there was a competitor out there on the marketplace um that had dominated the marketplace um but it just it wasn't a very good solution yeah um most people didn't like it they used it because they had to mm. and it was one of those things that it was just like you know, it was always, it was, I mean, I'm always planning on doing this. I mean, mm. I said it's strategic. It was always, I always knew that I was going to get in this business. When I was in business school, I, you know, all, every single business plan I ever wrote for business school was either about a volleyball or, you know, volleyball life or something like that. As a matter of fact, the logo that we used at first, I hand drew in 1993. No kidding. Yeah. I still have a piece of paper. So I took that piece of paper and scanned it and then copied it in Photoshop and turned it into our original. The that's ball, awesome. the ball that's on the logo right now, uh, we're all, all of our stuff is about to change, but, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was all, it was all done back then. Super cool. So, yeah. And so it, this it's, has been your baby for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it has been. And, and I thought, you know, making the connections and knowing everybody would help. Um, now, granted, I come from Texas. We're very loyal people. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell me you're a Texan, I'm probably going to choose you over anybody else, that type of thing. Uh, and so I thought it'd be very easy. I mean, we're, it's a volleyball company built by volleyball players for yeah. volleyball players. And, and that was my sales pitch. And no one gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't care um, in the beginning. Um, but I mean, I've held true to my beliefs. I have yet to hire a single person that doesn't play volleyball. Um, even stuff that we've had written, either you've written or 
going to kill me. I don't remember her name right now. Um, but it's a player, has written our stuff. Um, any Molly. videos we've had? Yeah. Molly Turner. Yeah, Molly Turner wrote some stuff for us. Um, videos we had the McKibbins do. Um, Kevin McCullough works for me now. He's mm-hmm. my COO. He's been with me for a couple of years. Um, and then uh, I just hired a new coder out of Austin. He's played for 10, 15 years. I mean, awesome. um, I've, I used to play against him when I lived in Texas. Um, Way to keep it in the fam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our CMO, Melissa Sadler, played in the NVL forever. Mm-hmm. Um, she does all of our marketing and all that kind of stuff. And um, stuff that other people don't know yet. They probably know after they watch this, but CBVB, Mike Playcheck. Yeah. Um, that's under our roof. Awesome. Um, so Mike works for us now at CBVB. And then you and Mike together, you guys are like the data monster. It's just like <laughs> numbers, give them, feed me. <laughs> well, so we took that and yeah. we fed it into Brian Cook. Um, awesome. So oh, we're right. now feeding True Volley. True Volley, okay. Yeah. Um, uh. Which we have big plans for that too, because that, that's some cool stuff. I mean, we're doing some really, really cool stuff with that. Um, I mean, if you imagine a world where. You could play a match and open your phone and see if your score went up after that yeah. match. I mean, as soon as you're done, you know, right, or I could yeah, go into this score. match and say, shoot, I'm playing try. I'm, I'm like, you know, 5% chance of winning. Get um, some good, op- yeah. good point opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and so uh, it can gamify it a lot for huh. the, the up- I mean, guys can go play a tournament and then say, hey, how do I compare to try? And let me see. Oh, he's. He's an 11.7 and I'm an 8.3. Yeah. I just jumped to an 8.5. They need to figure out how to. Get people to understand what exactly it means because I don't. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. I look, I'm high up on the list, and I'm not a, you know, and, and I never, I'm not a huge numbers guy. I appreciate numbers, and I know our sport needs it badly, um, but I never played chess, or, and so I don't really get it too much. Yeah, so the point thing, it's it's got an interesting history in itself, right? I mean, we issue are we had a study done, um, Volleyball Life had a study done at SMU a couple of years ago, right? Uh-huh. We had some grad students do a, we had them go test every algorithm that was out there to try to get good rankings for juniors. Uh-huh. We were doing it for the girls, for college coaches to be able to recruit these girls right. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they ran their studies and, and we came up, they came up with an algorithm that was about 74, 75% accurate picking winners, which in sports is, that's it's pretty dang good. It's pretty Take dang that good. Take it to Vegas. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> be all right. Um, and during that, you know, they were doing it as they had to do it to graduate. Um, so it was a, an actual thing from Biven Sadler, um, who's a professor there, who's also a player. Um, and so during that, they did a bunch of research on it, and they had found that in 2019 or 18, 19, FIVB did the same study. And they actually did a study on, you know, the ELO algorithms and all these chess algorithms. Um, and they actually had the professor that wrote one of the algorithms help with this. Um, and at the end of the day, they figured out it is much more accurate. I mean, these algorithms are way more accurate, but it's hard to explain. Mm. Um, and so they just, they elected not to use it is what the study says. I've never talked to anybody at the FIVB, so I don't know, but that is, that is a concern. And with every juniors organization out there and it's how will parents understand it? Yeah. And so I could be completely wrong, but what I'm betting on is we can make it graphically understandable um, and not, you won't have to understand the algorithm. So right right. right now people are like, well, how does it work? You know, what does this number mean? What does that number mean? Yeah, no, I don't really want to know how it works. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just want to know why you're where you're at. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what draws you into it, right? right, You kind of like, 
Yeah. You know what a ranking is, a power ranking is like usually yeah. by your record or whatever. Right, yeah. And so this is, um, th- and this is my theory and the whole reason that we're involved with True Volley is, is if the truth is, is parents, they don't care how it works. They ask how it works because they want to know why your daughter is ranked higher than her daughter. Right. right. That's why. That's, they don't care how it works. Right. But they're going to ask how it works because they want to know why your daughter's better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so our idea is we don't have to explain it if we give them tools to be able to see, right? And right. so with what we're doing with True Volley and the match data that we have from Volleyball Life and, and College Beach VB and, and all the pro stuff, um, we can give you a match-by-match history. And so I could pull it up and say, well, here's where Tri separated himself. You know, he played this match and he beat Phil, right? right? right so right. when he beat Phil, he jumped, right? right? Oh, well, then, then he lost to a qualifier, so he dropped here. You beat Phil when Phil was at a particular <laughs> ranking, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, if you dig into the algorithm, really what it works is, is you have a score, he has a score, and the algorithm is going to say you have a 80% chance of beating Travis, right? So if Travis beats you, he's going to gain points. Right, right, right. right? But if you beat him, it's not really going to affect anything. So you don't just keep climbing to the ceiling. And and so it's all on who you play, not, you know, all the systems that are out there right now is how much prize money is in this tournament. Um, Right. Oh, there's a lot of prize money. We'll give more points to it. Totally. And does that... It's a cool cool ranking, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It goes a lot deeper than just... I mean, and you can't can't follow our sport based on the normal rankings because of the scheduling conflicts and the... Yeah, you want to talk about explaining it to a parent? Good luck (laughs) explaining Olympic rankings versus entry rankings versus world champs rankings versus Versus AVP. AVP And (laughs) it's so complicated. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, even at the junior level... cool idea. The juniors level, we have five different point systems because there's five different sanctioning bodies. Right. You know, and I've said this for decades, point systems are, they're they're marketing, right? They're they're encourage you to play. Um, At the AVP level, it's a little bit different where they're trying to get good seating going in terms. And that's for you guys. But for the rest of the world, they're using their points for marketing, right? Mm. That's why AVP America and AVP Next tournaments exist because though they can get points, they might be able to get the main draw. It's all marketing. It doesn't, I mean, uh, they made a mistake a couple of years back um, and the points were worth way too much at AVP Next. Um, And this was 2015, 16, something like that. Um, And uh, a couple of people were, getting close to main draws it shouldn't have been because and so they adjusted the points back down oh yeah um, because it used to be when you won an avp next it was like taking a 17 yeah that was weird yeah yeah and, and so that was way too high so yeah. they adjusted it um but it's still i mean it, it's it's all about marketing yeah and so true volley is not about marketing right it's more about you know what is an actual scale and and the excuse that it's not explainable i don't necessarily buy because the utr the universal tennis rating has been out for a decade or two uh-huh. and it's the same type of algorithm um and it's not really explainable um half the population hates it half of them love it but you know it, it's a universal tennis ranking you can go play a match and see how you compare to sampras or anybody in their prime i it's mean pretty cool you can see all the data i yeah. mean it's just collecting the data that's hard so. yeah and so give me like the overarching theme of volley life obviously there's so much it's like a umbrella yeah for statistics that other companies not even companies, whatever you want to call it, can work within. Yeah, so it's just, like I said, it's been my baby. It's my passion project. And and really, at the core, what it is is volleyball people doing cool stuff for volleyball. That's all it really boils down to. I feel like we're part of that. I I hope. (laughs) I intentionally called it Volleyball Life because we wanted it to be all-inclusive, everything volleyball. Right. Um, And we're getting closer to that now because – 
I mean, it, it's this is what's crazy to me. I go to tournaments now. I go to Wapaka or something like that, and I or even Atlanta, and I see some of the girls playing, and I'm like, I remember seeing her name when she was 14 years old on the mm -hmm. software, you know. And so we're getting to a point now with volleyball life where we have five, six years of data on players, mm. and then College wow. Beach VB where we gain more data on them, and then the pros. And so it really can encompass the life of a volleyball player. Right. Um, now, obviously, it's only people that are using our software. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's what it was – that's why it's called Volleyball Life, and that was was designed to do. It was designed to – I mean, currently we do tournament management, um, registration, waivers, point systems, rating systems. Um, I mean, I could probably go on for hours on just the features that we have that we haven't even released yet. Right. Um, We're going to take a quick break from the show, not just any break. This is the Waiakea water break. Now, Waiakea has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So not just keeping us hydrated, they're helping out the environment too. And try, that's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order. You can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waiakea.com. This podcast is also brought to you by AG1. That's right. It is the absolute best nutritional supplement on, on the planet. No question about it. Try and I, we push our immune systems to the absolute limit. Try's traveling all over the place. I have a newborn, so I'm not sleeping, and yet... We're both always healthy, and that's honestly because we start our days with AG1 every single day. It's the first thing I do. I make my morning coffee. I put a scoop of AG1 right into a little mixture, throw some creatine in there as well, drink that first thing in the morning, and my immune system is off the charts. I've been healthy ever since we started using this, which is about two years that we've been sponsored by AG1. I started drinking it because I knew when I was on the road, I needed to get my veggies in. AG1 is the absolute perfect supplement for that. It is a, a daily habit. I drink it literally every single day. Try does too. We've got a little travel package that we bring on the road with us. It is the Number one supplement for nutrition. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. And that's exactly what we do. It has 75 high-quality ingredients that give me the key daily nutrition and support energy, focus, strength, clarity, you name it. I write with it. I podcast with it. I commentate with a lot more clarity because of it. And yes, I stay healthy on the court because of it. Now, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash sandcast. I'll say that one more time. That is drinkag1.com slash sandcast to get your deal today. So check it out. It's honestly the best supplement I've ever tried, and I've tried an awful lot. AG1 is the only way to go. 
This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball, the greatest volleyball on the planet. There's no doubt about it. I know there's a, a couple different manufacturers out there, but Wilson is number one. The NCAA uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. The AVP uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. We love it here in the United States. We love it on the AVP tour, and we're seeing it infiltrate a bunch of domestic tours all over the world. You know why? Because Wilson makes the absolute best ball in the world. It's great. It's weatherproof. you got the optics, spin technology, so you can be passing jump serves as well as Tri does. I'd say I do, but I don't pass jump serves as well as Tri does. He's been winning tournaments because he's been training with Wilsons, and it's time to get your restock middle of the summer. Summer's just getting started here in the U.S., and so the beaches are going to be open. There's volleyball to be played, and it is to be played with a Wilson volleyball. So put in an order using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's Sandcast-20. That'll get you 20% off all Wilson orders. That's huge. So get your volleyballs, get your ball carts, get your ball bags, get all of your Wilson equipment today using Sandcast-20 at Wilson Volleyball. Uh, but, you know, like I said, at the core, it's just we thought that there's enough people trying to grow the game. Let's just try to make it better Yeah. Um, for everybody. And... I think the parents have been our biggest supporters because all the tournaments are in one place. Their girls are getting free profiles um, that college coaches, now that we're doing a bunch of stuff with the ABCA and the college pairs, um, a lot of the college pairs and the college pairs national championships on our software. Um, so college coaches are on our system every day mm -hmm. and so they can find girls. Um, and it's all free for the girls, mm -hmm. uh, for the juniors. Um, and then, you know, we, we want to touch everything volleyball. Yeah. Um, you know, we went after leagues. We went after uh, when Kevin first came the on. The new leagues that are all popping up. Well, there's well, leagues all over the country. I mean, it's kind of funny because I text you about this. Like, and you, this is where the, we started. And I'll get back to the question yeah. with this Texas. Um, Texas, as of like two years ago, well, pre-COVID. So pre-COVID, Texas was the number one state in the country for volleyball. Um, beach volleyball. There was more tournaments, more players than California alone. Whoa, wild. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because, I mean, Texas is big and they're just separated. They're all over the place. Mm. The, and the big difference, there's a California world of volleyball and then there's outside California. Mm -hmm. And you know this because yeah. you're from Florida uh, or from Maryland, Florida, right. and you've played all over. Um, the volleyball world that I grew up in is 90%, hey, we go to work, we get off, and one day or two days a week we run to the bar and we play a couple of games and drink with our buddies. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are right. hundreds of thousands of people that do that every right. single week. I mean, there's uh, we've got leagues um, on our system. We get, there's there's a league in Kansas City that's got two facilities that are both 20 courts each, and they fill them up for six time slots five days a week. I mean, we're talking thousands of players that every single week. That blows my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And you'll know uh, about it on our tour. Yeah, I'm, that's why we're gonna do it so I can learn more. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And I, I mean, in your podcast, you, you mentioned California, Florida, and Hawaii. Mm. Um, Colorado is bigger than Florida for sure. Uh, really, volleyball. Colorado's huge. It's wow. awesome. Yeah, I mean, they they. I've barely been to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when I went to college there, actually, I was shocked. I got there and, like, you can go like places like Wash Park. Um, it's just grass, but you can go out there. When I first got there, we walked out there, and there's like 40 or 50 grass nets set up every weekend, and it's just pickup play. People show up at 8 or 9 o'clock, they set their net up, and they just sit there and have a beer or two and wait for people to come challenge. And it's 40 or 50 nets at a grass park in, in the middle of Denver. Hmm. Um, now, since then, Tom Davenport, 
King Tom. King Tom. <laughs> Love me some Tom. Yeah. Uh, he's a good dude. Um, but he is, you know, he's put together leagues and tournaments. I mean, that dude, he does so he much volume. kills it. Yeah. Kills I mean, it. it. It's ridiculous. I mean. Volley vacations? Is that his? He does, yeah. He does the yeah. SOB. Yeah. Volley yeah. vacations. Yeah. But so he's he also got volley, volleyball the Rockies. Volleyball the which Rockies. Which is huge. Mm. Yeah, he's got a couple indoor facilities. He does all the mountain tournaments except for Aspen. Um, they do, tur- they do, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 tournaments a year. He's got leagues. Sounds He's busy. got, I believe they've got like a three or four wait list, three or four year wait list to get in their leagues. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like if you want to pay in their leagues, you sign up and when a team drops out in three years, you might get a call. No way. Yeah, dude, they, it's insane. I mean, he, that place is amazing. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, Arizona's blown up. Mm-hmm. They're, they're quite big. And then New York, New Jersey. I mean, Great American Volleyball with Wayne. Yeah, Gab He's, does great Gab work. Gab does amazing. Um, and then Rich Hiles is even bigger than yeah. Gab. Rich East, Hiles East has, End? Yeah, East, East End, End Volleyball. Right? They've got tens of thousands of players playing every night, leagues up and down the beach. The difference is, the difference in the worlds are, outside of California, you have bars and places with lights mm-hmm. so people can play at night. Here, you don't have leagues, right? No one plays leagues here. Right. Because you play on the beach, and at 7 o'clock, you can't play anymore. Right. So, I mean, right. and the people that actually totally. work, um, you know, they've got to go indoor or not play. 100%. Because yeah. that's and how so, I learned playing was drunk bar at drunk ball at uh, Wanneth till 2 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually played at a place called North Dallas Volleyball Club in the okay. early 90s. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's insane. I mean, in Texas, it was really weird. So, until... Skyler Davis. Do you all know Dale Davis? You probably don't. I've heard the name Dale Davis. Yeah, he played with Derek Zimmerman back in the day. Got it. Um, And uh, when he opened his place, it kind of expanded Dallas. But before that, there was two volleyballers in Dallas, and they were across the street from each other. (laughs) There was a 10-court facility on one side of Beltline, 10-court facility on the other side. It was the (laughs) only two places to play. (laughs) So if you wanted to play, you had to play leagues because you couldn't find court time any other time. Right. So you had to play the leagues to play. And so it's 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 a totally different world. It's totally different. Um, When I moved out here, you know, it's all business, Mm -hmm. you know. The cool thing about volleyball outside of California is it really is a culture. It's a community. It's... I mean, everybody in it Dallas. Is so different. Yeah, I mean, there was a group in Dallas. Like we all played. When I lived there, I could send out one text and pull seventy-five people to a bar any night of the week. Just hey, let's go all go out, okay? And the entire volleyball crew would go out. Right. Um, and there was other people. You know, obviously everybody had those connections. Anybody could do it. But um, and that's I feel like that's how it is all over. I mean, you have these little pockets of communities that everybody knows each other and everybody plays together. And and. Uh, how many of these people are actually like volleyball fans? At, I guess you know at the professional level in terms of being entertained by the sport. Because I gotta imagine a lot of people are just like, oh, I just play for fun, just yeah, have I some mean, drinks, and I don't really follow. Yeah, that's the problem with the sport. Um, I think this is my personal opinion. I think there needs to be a personal connection. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I've played for over thirty years. I played mm-hmm. thirty seasons of volleyball. And I'm not a huge fan of watching it all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I have some personal connections with some of the players. So, yeah. you know, I'll watch their games. And, and you know, we talked to, uh, you know, Miles' sponsor is a good friend of ours and all that kind of stuff. So I have, and, you know, they all came over for dinner. And so we have that personal connection there. So, yeah. you know, I've subscribed to Volley TV just to watch Miles and Andy. But we have that personal connection. Right. Um, and, and I think, and I've preached this for decades. I mean, anybody can tell you this, but... Um, 
I think the volleyball players themselves need to take it in their own hands yeah. um, to establish those connections because at the end of the day, we all know the pro tours come and go, yep. right? But if you develop your own following and your own fan, if you know that you're your own product, yeah. then it doesn't matter where you play. You can pull those fans wherever. Right. Um, if you can, I guess, monetize it so that you, yeah, can, I mean, make, that, so that you can make a living, you know? Yeah, that, that's the hard part. Um, and, and adults are hard. I mean, I would say out of the thousands of people that play in Dallas that I know, maybe 10% would go to the, right. the, the AVP when they came into town. Yeah. So yeah, there, right. there's a there's a distinct difference between league players and tournament players. Yeah. Um, well, the personal sure. connections that's gonna be tough. And that's I do right. see certain players that do go out, like Taylor that loves going out to all those, and for sure he has more fans. Like I can just hear it. When people's champ. People's <laughs> champ. Exactly. Well, I mean that that it can be done. It doesn't have to be in person. You know, it can be done social media. I I've said this before, right. and I will say this to my dying breath. I think Casey Patterson single handedly saved volleyball when they went out of business in 2010, eight or 10, whatever, because his social media game was so on. Yeah. He was, had so many fans across the country cause he dominated social media. Hmm. Um, and I, I honestly think when the AVP shut down and then the Cuervo tour shut down and, and the wide open tour disappeared, I honestly think it was Casey who saved the sport. I, I really do. I mean, hmm. I think he had so many fans that people would just go where he was. Um, and then when they came back, you know, obviously the other players started shining too, but um, I, I'll just preach that forever. I mean, he was the most popular player of his generation, mm-hmm. and he didn't have the accolades of Jake or Phil, yeah. but people came to watch Casey. Like my mom, the only volleyball player she knew when I started playing was Casey Patterson. She's like, oh, the guy with the hair. Right. <laughs> That's, That's what wild. she knew, yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think his influence helped save the sport. I think him and, and Top Gun. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. so sad <laughs> I think that was the peak of volleyball interest with Top Gun in the movie <laughs> Top Gun oh, no good <laughs> honestly I could argue that that you know above Misty and Carrie winning three Olympics above Phil and Nick yeah yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's why uh, like doing like cl- the Chase Frischman clinics Mm-hmm. It's so good because you go and then you have a personal connection with people from Montana and Boise and Cincinnati and Indiana, wherever else you go. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, I only did one SOB, but everywhere I go, like, there's going to be at least yes. a dozen SOBs. And that, that's what Tom was really good at. And that's yeah. what SOB has been really good at. If you've yeah. ever noticed that Billy Allen has fans everywhere he goes. Everywhere. It's, it's because of the SOB. Um, it's the volleyball vacations yeah. that he did. Ty I've Trambley, the same. About that. Remember in Chicago and Ty Trambley, and they had a bunch of go- people in yellow wigs yep. and and wearing the Ty shirt. That that's all volleyball vacations. It's all that personal connection, right? Um, and it, I mean, I was close with Ty for a long time. Mm-hmm. It disappointed me when he stopped playing. I'm like, dude, your fans will be disappointed if you don't go to Chicago. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's all that personal connection. It is. And, yeah, that, that is wild. Vacation. I have always. I've been like, Billy's so quiet. Like he doesn't yeah. like go out, socialize much. But he does go to a lot of vol- yeah, uh, volleyball. Yeah, volleyball like twenty of those things at least. Yeah. I've gotten the invites, but I'm. Yeah, you just should do always, it. I, I've I'm heard. Always like, got a tournament or you know, yeah, just like in my zone. But definitely. Yeah, this Wanting is where to expand out. That's yeah, why when where, we do our you know, tour, your, your off-season uh-huh. tour will be good for you too, because you know, I mean, the Wapakas, the Pottstowns. I mean, yep. we do all those events, and those things are amazing. I, I mean, need, yeah, no, I need to get out and experience it. I just, I go about my business in a certain way, and I, and I wasn't exposed to any of this. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. still learning. Like, wait, there's all these people out there that know me, 
Yeah. I, you don't see it unless you see it on social media, but that's just like a number. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how, until you go. Like, I'm in North Carolina randomly at my friends, and they're like, there's a beach bar, and they're down to do a clinic. Okay, let's go over there. And all these people know me on the other side of the country. Like, I know that, but like, you don't really realize it until you get there. You're like, oh, like, there's a lot of fans yeah. all over the like place that an like, would like to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the tour is going to be about. Yeah. Learning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've listened enough to the podcast that we're planning our, yeah. our bus tour around the country. We just, we just Better. put a rough, a rough draft together of the places we want to stop. Just make sure we, you tape up those knees because a lot of these players are grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we could run it, and we could run it on volleyball life. Yeah. Well, of course. See that? This is the perfect marriage here. Oh. Yeah. All of our signups and registrations go through yep. volleyball life. Oh. Bam. Yep. Easy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's the smartest place to do things. I mean, yeah. honestly, and it's not. I hope you can testify. I don't. I'm, I'm not typically talk good about myself i'm not an ego type of guy but yeah you know we've got a july we had 5.2 million page views that's uh, insane yeah and do you run did, advertising on wow. your site we do okay. um, a little bit We're, okay. we, i've kept it to a minimum um i don't want to do a lot um we have a couple of people talking to us um and i'm going to be very selective just because i don't want to pound people with advertising right um but you know i mean we did over 3,000 events this year we did every one of the big events um I can't believe there are 3,000 events happening. Dude, it's, it's insane. And, and, how many and they're so oblivious is, yeah. to everything. We, we grew by 70% year over year this year. Um, Jeez. And I think we can do another 50% next year. Our biggest competition right now is pen and paper, and there's still a lot on pen and paper. Pen and paper hmm. over bracket pal? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's surprising. Sure. I can't believe people are still using I mean, I'm like an old school type. Like When I do March Madness, I do pen and paper. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I love it. I can't believe people are still doing that, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just – so we have this problem all the time with when we're talking to people that are potentially going to use us. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, I, I just – I've only got six quarts. I can run six quarts in my sleep. I don't mm-hmm. even have to use pen and paper. I just do it for the people. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, I understand that. But we're getting to a point where you're doing your players a disservice, um, especially in the juniors world. Yeah. Like there are certain areas of the country that still don't use us for juniors, Louisiana being a big one of them. Yeah. Um, and I remember if you look at, the, there's a big string on uh, Volley Talks about when um, Cloth and Nuss came out. Mm-hmm. And it's like no one had ever heard of them. Um, and it's because they do everything on pen and paper. Um, and if you ask me, and it's nothing uh, against them, I mean, I love Bruce White. <laughs> He's, uh, I've known him for 20 years. I yeah. love him to death. And he, he, he can run Tournaments and leagues, back of his hand, no problem. Oh, yeah. Um, but none of the players are getting recognition. Right. And, and the juniors level, you know, they need recognition. It's getting highly competitive out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by not using something <laughs> like us, it's kind of a disservice yeah. for the juniors. Now, the adults is a different story, but um, we've seen a trend of growth in some of the biggest tournaments. And I will no way, shape, or form take credit for it. Um, because we work with the most, I mean, all these tournaments are amazing people. Uh, Potsdown with Ken Cass and Seth Cass, uh, Wapaka with Tom Galecki and, and Eddie, um, Seaside with got Katie this year, uh, Mother Load's got Corey, and mm-hmm. then of course Fudd's got Mike Minnick, which I think if he had the court space, he'd be the biggest tournament in the country. Um, but what's bigger? Uh, the Fudd's? biggest player wise is Wapaka. Okay, but does that count because it's grass? Biggest does Mike is Fudd's biggest beach tournament? No, Seaside. It's bigger than Fudd's. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the trend. So 
when we got on board with these guys, we went out one year and said, I want the big five. Well, I call them the big five. And that includes Mother Load, which isn't big anymore, but it's the granddaddy of, of grassroots. I mean, yeah. it's been going 50 years. I played it for 20. It's one of my it's most wonderful place to play. It's mm. incredible to play in the mountains like that. Um, but uh, so Wapaka and Pottstown were hovering around 1,900, 2,000 teams. Um, and then the second year we did it, they Pottstown grew from 2000 to 2400. We're like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, and everybody's like, all right, it's the COVID boom, right? Last year was COVID, right? And now we're or year 2021 was post COVID, 2022 is the COVID rebound. Everybody's traveling again, blah, blah, blah. Well, this year they're 20, 2650. So they grew by another 250 teams. Why they even Jeez. put the courts? <laughs> exactly. A lot of yeah, teams. It's, it's insane. And Wapaka, same thing. They they were at around 1900, 2000. Um, and then in 2021, no, 2022, they were 2400. Um, they actually had to cut theirs off because they didn't have enough court space. Right. They probably would have hit 25, 2600 that year had they yeah, had the court space. Dang. Um, and then they did a little bit of rearranging and we fit 2654 this year. So they were three teams bigger than Potsdam <laughs> technically <laughs> with registrations. But I mean, it's a little bit of an unfair advantage because Wapaka is triples yeah. and Potsdam's doubles. So mm. Wapaka can always claim to be the biggest because, right. you know, but they're both, I mean, they're both amazing events. Yeah. I mean, there, there's I no, when yeah. is it again? So Pottstown is always June 24th, 25th, because it's always on my birthday. Thanks a lot, Ken. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's on the 20th. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's right after your birthday. Okay. Um, and then a week and a half later, the weekend after the 4th of July is Wapaka. So That's why I haven't been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Seaside. So Seaside was in the 16, 1700 range on the beach. Um, and then... In 2021, last year we hit, I think, 1,800. Okay. Um, and this year we hit over 2,200. Really? Yeah. And that's in spite of the AVP pulling out and then putting a qualifier on the same day as Seaside? Good for them. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it just, it's amazing to see the growth. And yeah. like I said, I, I've talked to them all, and I'm like, dude, you guys, I don't know what you guys are doing. And and some of them will say, you know, it's partially us. Um, like I said, I'm not going to say it's us because, it, I mean, it's not, but it's hard to run a tour. I don't know how they did that before computers, to be honest with you. No kidding. That's off to them yeah. because, I mean, I do the courting for Seaside, and it's a full weekend deal, dude. I mean, we, we did 200 courts, um, and Seaside is all match play. Every tournament is two days. So you always get two days each day you play. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year was juniors start Thursday. So they go Thursday, Friday, adults start Friday. So they go Friday, Saturday, and then juniors start again for quads on Saturday and go Saturday, Sunday. And then Sunday is an all adults quads tournament. And so wow. they do their Friday and Saturday is ridiculous. Like we have to fit in 200 courts worth of same gender doubles, excuse me, um, and be done by one o'clock because one thirty co-ed starts. And then co-ed starts at 1.30 and goes till 8 o'clock. Well, sometime in there, we've got to fit all the playoffs for the juniors <laughs> that started on Thursday. And the 14-year-olds have to be done in the morning because they can play the parent-child division. Um, and, and so it's just, even as much technology as we've written, I still have to use Photoshop and create different layers to see the different courts and, right. and when people are playing. It's, 
it's it's crazy. Those tournaments are insane. Uh, yeah. But they're, every one of them is different. Every one of them is unique. And, and every one of them is awesome. I mean, FUDS is uh, – I've played that for 20 years too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've won the costume contest a couple of times. And, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just – that one holds a special place in my heart. Mike Minnick is, is – He's, he's an built incredible, a monster. Yeah, he built a monster. But he's an incredible guy too. Yeah. He's an incredible man. Um, and uh, he's been around the sport for forty or fifty years. I mean, he's refed FIVBs. You know, I mean, he's refed qualifiers that Mark Paul Louis played. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, um, I always think it speaks to Mike and also the tournament that he's built because Fud's like it's hard to get to. It's pretty expensive to get to, and there's little to no payout. And yet they still get thousands of teams. Well, in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Beach. I mean, here's the thing: there's there's no money in good volleyball. Right. Right. Good good volleyball doesn't make money. You, it's always a loss leader. And Mike's, I mean, you've been there several times. His speech yeah. is always the same. We're here all about what having fun, right? And it's all about having fun, and it's all about the B double B and A double A players. And it's it's like an adult spring break. You know, they go there starting Tuesday night, and they'll play doubles on Wednesday, co-ed on Thursday, and then fours co-ed on Friday, and then Mm. the big quads on Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get a decent stadium atmosphere in the finals because everybody surrounds the court. And And still probably the biggest crowd I played in front of was our semis when me and uh, J.D., Cody, and Evan won. Yeah. We played Rosie and D. Lee, Samuels, Ed Ratledge, and Satterfield. It's wow. it, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> How many people do you think? I would put it around like four thousand. Four or five thousand, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna take a quick break from the show to talk to you about our new sponsor, Gooder. I've been looking for a, a cheap, affordable, awesome pair of shades for the longest time since I've been playing on the AVP since 2018. And finally, I have found them in Gooder. I love these sunglasses they're super lightweight they're comfortable they're stylish i love them i got two pairs i have an all black a ginger soul yeah they got some nice funny witty names and then i got some blue mirrored lenses making keys midnight ramble they're 100 polarized that's keeping the sun out of your eyes they're easy to clean if you're active and running they don't slip they don't bounce they get you everything you want in sunglasses gooder has it they're stylish and guess what they're 25 bucks so yeah so if you break them or as I did, if you lose some in a tragic kayaking accident in Alaska, we can just replace them for 25 bucks. They come with a one-year warranty, a 30-day free return, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And for all those folks who out there who love the environment, like all of us beach volleyball players do, they are 100% carbon neutral company. It's a plus one percenter for the, for the whole planet. Now, to get if you want to support the show, And by listening, you're already supporting. But if you want to support it extra and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving Sandcast listeners free shipping on your first order. So you can go to gooder.com slash Sandcast and use the code Sandcast to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. So find your pair at gooder.com slash Sandcast and use code Sandcast to get free shipping, ladies and gentlemen. I also want to take a second to talk about our new sponsor, Ice Barrel. Listen, cold water is something that I have used every single day for years and years and years. It gives you better recovery and performance, which is phenomenal for both athletes and non-athletes alike. It it improves your mood and your brain health. That's why I do it first thing every morning. I pop in that ice barrel first thing in the morning immediately in the best mood. 
I'm writing great, I'm podcasting, I'm playing awesome. That's because I'm just in a great mood. My body's recovered. It activates the nervous system. Pain relief and management, pain, gone. It reduces inflammation, which is clutch for us. I'm practicing on the beach five days a week. I'm lifting five days a week. That's 10 workouts per week. I'm I'm exercising around 20 to 30 hours per week. It's wild. It reduces stress. It improves your heart rate variability, which is a key indicator for recovery. And so this ice barrel. It's available in two colors, black or we have the desert tan. And Try and I are both six foot five. It fits both of us easily, not at the same time, but we can go fully immersed in the water. It's portable and lightweight. Trust me, I carried it from my house all the way to Tri's. Super easy. It's ultra durable. It's covered by a lifetime warranty and it resists color fading. It's compact. It has a small footprint. We fit it in Tri's little recovery room next to his sauna. It's got a sleek design that looks awesome, and it's super comfortable. I mean, I was freezing for the five minutes that I get in there every morning, but it's really comfortable to hang out in there. It's easy to drain and clean. The ice barrel lets you maintain the most natural position to fully immerse yourself up to the neck, reap the maximum benefits, and guess what? For all those environmental people out there like myself, it is 100% recycled material. It's non-toxic, it's BPA-free, it's medical grade, and it's built to last a lifetime. And... For all those Americans listening, it's built in the USA. Now, it's also super affordable. It's got a 100% satisfaction rate guaranteed, 30-day money back if you don't like it, which you will. You won't need that 30-day money back anyway, and returns are accepted within 30 days. Now, you can use Affirm to get your ice barrel for as low as $75 per month, all right? Now, cold exposure, as I said, It's one of the greatest things you can do for your body. I highly recommend it. So if you're looking for a better way to reset your body and mind and begin your cold therapy journey, try Ice Barrel and get $150 off. All right, that's $150 off. So go to icebarrel.com, use the code SANDCAST. That's icebarrel.com and use the code SANDCAST for $150 off your order. All right, so get colder, feel better, check it out. Let me know what you think. Are you guys ready for the absolute best advertising copy of any podcast you'll ever hear? Here we go, because fresh ball fall is upon us, and you need to be in the festive spirit. So light a candle, get some pumpkin spice, and make sure your balls look nice with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Now, nature may clear the leaves of their trees, but you'll need Manscaped's help to get you ready for that sweater weather. So get your pants puppies prepared for cuffing season with a trim as refreshing as a fall breeze. By going to manscaped.com and using code SANDCAST for 20% off plus free shipping. Now, listen, it's a high-risk affair when you're doing some trimming, all right, when you're going below the waist. And you know what? You just need Manscaped. It's going to help you with your confidence. Trust me. It's going to help. Now, it's time for nice flannels and cozy socks, but we can't forget to trim our balls. By now, you've heard of them. But it's time to join the 9 million, that's right, 9 million men worldwide using Manscaped and get the kit that covers it all, the Performance Package 4.0. It starts with a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology, thank goodness, that reduces nicks and cuts to make raking the leaves a lot less painful. Plus, the lawnmower is a technical masterpiece. It has a 7,000 RPM motor, a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and a built-in 4,000K LED spotlight to help you see parts of your body you haven't looked at in years. Now, once you've cleared the driveway, the performance package comes in hot 
with products to cool you down, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, one to prevent stink and one to clear it up. With a soothing aloe vera formula, move over pumpkin spice, fresh balls are the smell of the season. The Performance Package 4.0 caps it off with two free gifts. That's right, you get two free gifts. The Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. That's one to hold your Manscaped goodies and one to hold your man goodies. So bring in the fall right and get 20% off and free shipping with the code SANDCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SANDCAST. As the leaves fall, make sure you have it all with Manscaped. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, and it was, it's like intimate where people are on the beach, like just surrounding you. Beach. Yeah. Beach and then like, like a triple decker bar area. There's a restaurant above there that everybody sits up there and yeah, it's an amazing atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, if this needs to be fact checked, but that's where the wannabes were born, right? Yeah. Well, they're a New Orleans yeah, Troop, but they but came from FUDS, FUDS is what created I mean, them. Yeah. the wannabes have been at FUDS as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. They when had you, their own bus. We need to get them their own podcast. Get, oh, yeah. 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 That would be... <laughs> we'd go through a lot of alcohol now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got the couch here. <laughs> we'll, we'll put the R-rated button on that one. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> For sure. Well, Those yeah. guys are great, though. Yeah, yeah, How many yeah. are there? There's a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Might need to ring one. The, we, the can, main, we can fit maybe like eight. Yeah, I mean, the main group... There's a handful. <laughs> yeah, if you get like Sean Heima, Keith mm-hmm. Matthews, is Co- I don't know if Colin's still around. Trotty, Josh Wells. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of the main. We group. can get them when we bring the the Sandcast bus. To yeah, town. yeah, to New Orleans. <laughs> That'd bring, be fun. Bring, bring Sandcast to Fuds. We should. Yeah. That'll be on the tour. <laughs> I'll be on the tour. 100%. Add it to the list. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's got to be. A lot of, right? a lot of people have played that. So much hype. Uh huh. A lot of people have played that. I remember just. Six, seven years ago, Akatubi was there. I think oh, uh, yeah. fall 2024, after you win uh, Golden Paris, we'll play the FUD squads. Perfect. I hope we're pulling this clip. Oh, <laughs> we actually pulled it off. <laughs> we did it. Holy crap, we did it. <laughs> That'd be yeah. great. Dude, it's so wild. Like Growing up in Hawaii, we don't, there's not really anything. There's like a few people running tournaments here and there. There's no fans. There's the daddy, the daddy Hain format at Outrigger, which like is a private club. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do we have? A hundred people there? Maybe <laughs> hundred, two hundred. That's it. And then we come to the mainland and we just know about college volleyball and literally had no idea about any of this stuff until I guess I learned about the six man eventually. Uh, but I'm just so oblivious to like how much people play volleyball and how big the sport is and, and then it's the success of the sport from a business standpoint it doesn't seem great but in terms of like how many people play and enjoy it in our country or even around the world it's like yeah absolutely I mean, what's, massive what's yeah. interesting to me and, and i think i've told ed this a million times i think a lot of the top pros miss out on what volleyball is really about in the rest of the country just because i mean it there are people that are as passionate about it as I am, mm-hmm. and they they're gonna play every Wednesday night, rain or shine. There are people like just, you who just, are more passionate about it yeah. than us pros. Yeah, and they're just maybe just doing it for different reasons. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, and before technology and before social media, a lot of players didn't know it. Ex- I mean, even 
normal players didn't know it exists. I don't know how many people we would recruit into leagues and stuff like that that just graduated college and were like, you don't have to be done playing. I mean, there's plenty of tournaments, there's plenty of leagues, there's plenty of just pickup around right. your city that you can, I mean, you don't have to be done playing. Right. I mean, all these girls that grow up playing and all that, and then they graduate from college and they all depressed because they're not playing anymore. So right. That's not true. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. you can keep playing. There's right. so many passionate people about this sport. It's just full of passion. And and that's really, you know, what we've tried to capture. Volleyball life is, yeah. is that. And like I said, volleyball people doing cool stuff for volleyball. Yeah. And, and that's really just what we want to bring is just keep magnifying that because the sport will grow. I mean, yeah. I don't know if from a professional level it'll ever be successful. Yeah. It's the only sport that I know of that doesn't have merchandise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's, there's so much more to the sport. Yeah. I mean, it is the number one participant sport. Which is, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, we've been in, we've been working with AAU for a long time. And right before Roger Gowdy passed away, uh, so he passed away in 2020. So it was 2019. I believe that the number of AAU memberships for volleyball for the first time in history had surpassed basketball. Wow. So it had, 2019 was officially, in AAU terms, the volleyball was the biggest sport in the country. Wow. It surpassed um, basketball. Um, and, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's their number one girls' sport. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, there's hundreds of thousands, millions of players across the country. And what we're doing and conversations we're having at a high level and stuff that we're trying to do is – is try to connect the two. I mean, that's all. I had a meeting with the McKibbins like four or five years ago, and I mm-hmm. said, you know, this is my goal is if the pros, pros are ever going to succeed, they're, they're, you need to develop that personal connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and more, what we're finding since college is all these high school players are following the college players, right? Uh, if you go to any club in the country, they, they know a college player that they like and that they're, that they're following. Okay. And all the college players are starting to follow the pro players. Right. Um, and so bridging that gap... Um, can be done, I think, and, and those personal connections can can grow. Um, and I, th- I hope, I think that that's what we're trying to do is right. to make that connection through technology and yeah. and give girls a way to follow the college players and then give college players a way into follow the pros and stuff like that and open up more opportunities for players to make money. I mean, right. whether it's you know throwing clinics or doing whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, it's hard for a player. You didn't know these markets even exist. How are you going to reach totally. those markets, right? I mean, and I've always to- focused on making money by winning. You know, like I, I have to get better at volleyball. That's it. Try to win more, get better at volleyball. But I'm starting to learn and be like, there's a possibility that I realize that I'll be much more successful by doing a sandcast tour and being like, whoa, <laughs> like you said, these personal connections are the, the, the valuable things here. Make my life a lot less stressful. And I genuinely enjoy like pushing myself to see how good I can be at the game. But yeah, I'm starting to realize like it's, it could really, yeah. s- being successful, quote unquote, which is different for everybody, could be more about creating those connections and having that impact with the volleyball community. They're wet. They're wet. Okay. Okay. My daughter, she thinks that's being quiet. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if if you look back to what Travis was saying, I mean, Casey was the most popular player for a long time. Oh, yeah, it annoyed me. Because I came out oblivious, right, and just playing. I'm just just out there trying to beat Casey and Jake. 
and just everyone's cheering for him. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> he's dancing? Why? Because he has a mohawk? This is, what no, I mean, hell honestly, is going it, on? It, it, <laughs> what it was, did I do to these He fans? did a virtual tour on social media, and he had a huge following on right. social media. And, yep. and he actually... He, he, inter- would, he interacts with fans. Even when you're playing, he's looking out at the stands and being like, hey, hey, player, what yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, and, stuff. you know, I remember it was right after my surgery. I had double knee surgery in 08, and he actually came to town in Dallas, and him and Kevin Wong, actually. Um, and I don't know what they were there for, uh, but they ended up subbing in on what was my former USAB adult indoor team mm-hmm. playing a tournament with them mm-hmm. and just running a tournament and winning it and oh, yeah. going out with everybody and said, Hey, no, you can't take that medal off. There's 24 hour rule. Casey's 24 hour. Can't take the medal off. Um, and I mean, everybody on that team is a huge fan of Casey. Now. Mm. I mean, it's, it's making fans the slow way. But it's probably the only way in volleyball but the, but right the now. The fans you, know? you make, like Kevin Kelly has this rule, like a thousand true fans. Like when you right. make a fan like that, you get a true fan. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not getting like loose peripheral fans. Like you are getting like freaking Casey Patterson diehards. Yeah. When That's something that. we've got to do. That I've discovered like through the, the podcast a yeah, lot I'm where sure. I'm connecting with people on site and they're like people bringing the book up now to, to sign. It's just like, wow, like you actually know me. Personally, not just me on the court and mm-hmm. that crazy guy I turn into. <laughs> <laughs> like you know me, I, we have that connection. I can actually yeah. have that talk with you, and they're really appreciating just us creating the platform and all that. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to it. Even like if you look at like who's like the master of social media is like Gary V or like those guys, right? Yeah, he's it's preaching the same thing. Connect. You got to connect. He's mm-hmm. doing commenting, whatever it is. He's not. He can't be in front of everybody, but he is doing public speaking. And, like, the guy that's growing the most just is, like, magnified his voice the most so that he can make those personal connections versus me just going out there and expecting my game to kind of do all the work, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it just pure common sense type of way, um, you know, anybody's going to sponsor you. They, they're they going to sponsor you for... They don't what? actually care if I win. They right. care about the views that, that comes they, right. with my wins, right? Right, right. They, they care about you getting in front of people, as many yes. people as possible. Right. And if you don't go out and do other things, social media and all that kind of stuff, you're leaving your 100% reliable on, at right now, the ABP. Right. I mean, and them getting you viewership. Totally. Um, and we all know how that's gone recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then your so, final rains out. And yeah. Yeah. There goes all your viewers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever so, happened this year happens. Yeah. Right. So going, I mean, doing a, a social media and anything that you can to connect mm-hmm. just opens up more viewers for you personally, which means who cares if it rains out? Your sponsor is going to pay you anyways because yeah. you're going to get the viewers on the podcast or, yeah. or the clinic that you're going to do or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and being a smaller sport that's never been profitable in the history of the sport, that's, I mean – Players have got to take it in their own hands to be able to control their own destiny and totally. not rely on, you know, whether or not it gets rained out or who's got the best production yeah. system or whatever. Problem is, well, a problem is like you got to be a certain type of individual to pull off actually competing at the highest level and, and do it all. doing all that stuff at the same time. You're right. You do. I feel like if I let my foot off the gas at all, I'm dropping. Yeah. You know, I'm dropping off the top of the rankings, which. I'm not ready to do that quite yet, but I'm like seeing all this other opportunity and other open-mindedness, trying to be open-minded about these other opportunities. I'm like, 
I think I need an assistant. <laughs> How do you hire an assistant without <laughs> wanting to hire an assistant? <laughs> Luckily, yeah, I have I mean, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> we run into the same problems. I mean, when we came into the market um, on Volleyball Life, you know, we, our goal, when I first started it, it wasn't about making money. And it's still not. Totally, I mean, right. It, it was about helping the sport and being passionate about the sport. I always knew that I wanted to stay in volleyball. The day I first stepped on the court, you know, I dropped everything else. I got kicked out of school a couple of times because I was playing tournaments and, all, <laughs> you know, all but this stuff. But you want stuff. growth. Like, yeah. just because you, just because you, like, wanting money is not necessarily always selfish, I feel like. It's it's growth. You want to yeah. build something. It's, yeah, it's a, it's I, I want to make some, I, I always wanted void. to make it, leave an impact on the sport. That's really what right. I wanted to do. And I knew I wasn't going to do it as a player. I mean, when I moved out here, I knew that. I mean, people are like, why are you moving out to California? You're not that good. I'm like, I know that. I mean, <laughs> I know that. I mean, I'm not even winning tournaments in Dallas. Why am I going to win tournaments here? So, uh, but it was about making the connections and growing my knowledge of the sport and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and ultimately leading to this because this has always been in the back of my mind. And we've gotten to the size now that, you know, we've got a database of hundreds of thousands, I mean, 100,000 plus players. Um, we are the official platform of USAV now, uh, which we just signed a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. AAU, P1440, BVNE. I mean, four out of the five sanctioning bodies use us. Um, and, you know, there, there came a time where it's like, all right, maybe I will be able to make a living off this. Um, but it, it's all about, you know, growing this. And, and how do we do that? We're still at a phase right now where it's like, all right, we got all this market share. Now we got to somehow make a profit off mm-hmm. of it, right? So we're going to have to start doing things that turn profits. Right. Um, and, and so that's where advertisers come in a little bit. And some of our other products that are coming out, I mean, we, we're we going to be coming out with, hopefully by the time this airs, we'll be coming out with club management. Um, Sweet. Which this has always been a vision of mine of connecting everything, right? Imagine a world where, I mean, today we're in a world where if you're coaching a club, like Jake's club, Spiker Beach, at any point in time, I could send him an email and say, hey, Jake, you've got five players playing in Santa Cruz this weekend. You might want to send a coach, right? Because all the registrations come through us. And so we know where everybody's playing. And so being able to manage the sport of beach volleyball, which is like herding cats uh, compared to indoor, um, is something that we can do that we feel like no one else can do. Um, and so the club management piece is, is, is going to be crucial to that and wow. being able to offer clubs a way to manage their players, wh- which you've never been able to, s- never been seen before just because, I mean, you played indoor, right? I mean, yeah. indoor and beach are two totally different animals, right. especially in the organization standpoint. I mean, parents get frustrated. We get emails all the time from parents because they came from indoor where you sign up you pay your dues, right? They tell you when to show up, when to practice. They they tell you what team you're on. Yep. They tell you what tournaments you're playing. You have no say in any of this. Right. With beach, you sign up, you give them money. They're like, oh, here's our practices. Show up if you want. Um, <laughs> and, oh, tournaments? You go find those. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, just just go to Volleyball Life, go to Brackpile, go to AP America, find the tournaments, whatever. Um, and, it, and it's a totally different world. And it lacks organization. 100%. Um, but... You know, we strategically started with tournament management because we knew that's where all the data was. When you hold a tournament, you ask for their information, right? But you also ask for their club coach and and all this other information. Um, And so we have the information now that we're putting it together in unique ways. (laughs) What's up? Um, To be able to help coaches, help parents, help the players, um, that and working with college coaches. I mean, we're working with them a lot on mm-hmm. some of the stuff. We're going to be offering them some products. Um, all kinds of really, really cool stuff that connects it. There's not a system out there that connects everything. Um, and, and we'll expand from there. I mean, we have a, we definitely have a plan. 
Um, we've had other sports contact us and go, how is it that this tiny, you know, sport of beach volleyball that no one really knows about has better software than basketball right. or, or all this. Um, and we've had people ask us to, to go into those sports and we may do that eventually. Um, but I have this focus of let's make beach volleyball the best hmm. and then we can look at going yeah. elsewhere. Um, and so I, I think we can help coaches and players and parents get more organized and and it's a full cycle you know you get a player to sign up for a tournament they tell us who the club director is we can contact a club director and they can use our services and then in using our services they can also use it for their other players i mean it's probably about um, this is a guess so don't hold me to this probably about 20 to 30 percent of people playing tournaments um or only about 20 or 30 percent of club players actually play tournaments so the market for beach volleyball is probably four or five times the size of what we see in our database, right? right. 100,000 players playing tournaments right now. There's probably hundreds of thousands more that are playing beach clubs, mm-hmm. practicing, going right. to club tryouts, all that kind of stuff every day, but they don't play tournaments. Right. Um, and, and so how do we get those? And right. we get those through the clubs. And then because we have them through the clubs, then they might be interested in tournaments. So we're helping our tournament directors out. And so it's all about helping everybody out in a systematic manner. Um, that makes the whole system better than individual parts. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, going back to the article that you had written on us. Um, yeah. You know, I remember when you wrote that article and someone commented on that, and they're like, wasn't that what AVP America was supposed to be? And it's like, <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we've got a thousand more tournaments than they do. Yeah. Our, you know, it's, you know, and no matter what, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like a certain sanctioning body. Right. Um, and so we try to toe that line of, you know, we, we're just, to make the sport better. Yeah. You want to work with, I mean, AVP calls us, we'll work with them. We're already working with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody else that calls us, you know, we'll work with them. Yeah. Is there so, an ideal or ultimate vision of just like if everything fell into line in, in an ideal world, like a vision that you have? Um, yeah, I mean, I can see a, a big vision where, you know, everything happens on Volleyball Life and everything mm-hmm. communicates with each other and everything everybody talks to each other. There's always going to be stragglers. I mean, there's... Right. Certain organization I won't name, but um, there's been a couple that they, they want to go create their own software. Right. Right. Um, there's been some that have tried it, and then there's some that are going to try it. Um, and it just mathematically doesn't make sense to me. And, yeah. and so it's just never made sense to me. It's yeah. like you don't know what it – everybody that doesn't run a tech company thinks that running tech is easy. Ugh. You go overseas, have somebody build it, and put slap it up there, and you're good. <laughs> it's a living, breathing thing. I've been coding for – probably 60, 70 hours a week for five years straight. And we're not even close to being done with what I want to do. Wow. Um, I mean, we still got, you know, upgraded player profiles, partner finders. We've got, you know, we introduced a rating system about a year ago. Um, that has been a huge hit with juniors. But the a, whole, a huge hit with college coaches too. Yeah. And that whole thing was about, you know, how can we identify players as early as possible for college coaches, right? And we've done that. I mean, I can get on my website right now. No one else can because we haven't released it, um, everybody. But I can pull up a list. I, I know a 13-year-old that is winning every 16-year tournament she plays in Florida. <laughs> and she's making the finals in 18s. Taze Truman? Huh? Taze Truman? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freaking good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, just because of our rating system. And, it's, and we publicized it. And, and it was somewhat by demand from our tournament directors because we, after COVID, COVID was a weird thing for volleyball. Um, we found that after COVID, the juniors, once they committed to college, they stopped playing, right? They, oh, I signed. I don't need to play tournaments anymore. Huh. 
And the tournaments, although the big tournaments have grown drastically, the average tournaments cross country have shrunk. The year after COVID, they went down about 30, 40%. So, um, and they were hurting. And so we wanted to find a way to make it fun for the girls that mm -hmm. even after they signed, they still have something to strive for, right? And being that there's five sanctioning bodies and we work with them all, we don't want to compete with our clients, right? So we don't want to create a, you know, points or something like that, that um, will compete with theirs. Right. And so it was a rating system that classified girls and, and we have what we call badges that we put on their profile that says what their rating is. Um, and it's been a huge hit. I mean, we get emails all the time. Oh, I just played tournament. Where's my badge? Where's my badge? <laughs> um, these girls, they, they love the badges on their profiles. And right. it's just a little graphic. Oh, 100%. You know? and, and they love it. I and want a badge. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, it's been amazing for the girls and, and stuff like that. So it's all that kind of stuff that, that helps drive engagement into right. the sport. Um, totally. And that helps our tournament directors, which in turn is going to help our club directors, which in turn will help, you know, our tournament directors again and, and, and the parents and, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, an overarching vision is just a complete system that yeah. handles everything for the sport, whether it be. That's you know, my vision for yeah. you, just to help everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the number one thing I've learned over the years is the division of our sport. Everyone trying to get a small piece of the pie is what's been holding it back. Yeah, I, I think there's been um, a big wedge driven in the community. Um, and it's been very, I mean, it's very political. It, mm -hmm. It's really weird how political it is in such a small market. Yeah. I just don't get it. And, and the juniors, at the juniors level. Especially. Which I learned a lot about being on the board of directors <laughs> of USA Volleyball. Yeah. I, I learned a lot. and. Because my, my vision was always more at the pro level. I'm like, we're not that important. <laughs> like, a lot, most of the, the foundation of this sport is happening at the juniors level, yeah. for sure. And then, yeah, of course, parents are paying money, and who wants that money? And there's your politics. Yep. Yeah, and it's amazing. But I think a lot of people have been striving for unity. Um, I mean, it's a small enough market, and I, I think there can be unity and... Mm -hmm. Still keep your own business. Right? Oh, it's cool I mean, to hear like stuff like uh, Brian Cook and Playcheck and Placheck. Didn't we? Didn't we figure out? We're supposed yeah, to Andy said Placheck, but he heard that from Miles, and we haven't heard it from Placheck. Okay. Well, either <laughs> way, Playcheck, Mike, and, Mike, let um, us know. <laughs> but I mean, that's a step in the right direction. Sounds like. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's been cool what we can accomplish with it. Um, you know, again, we're just trying to make everything easier. We're trying to make it easier on the college coaches to. You know, I mean, True Volley's working on some cool stuff for college coaches where, um, you know, they can enter their matches from practice mm. and we can come up with a rating and tell them who the best pairs are to pair together for their next events and stuff like that. So there's a lot of data-driven stuff like that that um, that, is, that is really cool to do and it's really fun to do and it helps the sport in general. Um, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's a lot of companies that try to specialize in little things. Um, and I've never taken that approach. I was just, you know, this market's one big thing. And yeah. If we can help everybody, um, I mean, there's always going to be competitors that pop up and just do data right. and do, do statistics and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, we're in a lucky position that we talk to a ton of people mm -hmm. and we get to see a ton of stuff and there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. I mean, technology wise, AI cameras and stats and, yeah. and, and all kinds of stuff. Now, ultimately, does that really help? grow the game i don't know it makes it better for sure yeah um 
but I think at the ju- the junior levels where the growth is going to come from. Um, yeah, and it's and, there. I mean, you've probably seen firsthand just the numbers at the juniors level, just like. Yeah, well, they they actually exploded before we came out. Yeah. Um, uh, this the last couple of years have been interesting, um, just because of the politics and the different um, changing changing the guards, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so tournaments, you know, what was the biggest tournaments and the longer the biggest tournament, and they, they flip-flop every year. Um, AVP did a really good job with AVP America. Um, their tournament last year was was massive. Um, they were the biggest by far. Um, this year, not so much. Um, I, I don't know if that's because Wayne and Carly aren't there anymore or what it was. I think, you know, they just took a focus off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's just... There's the changing at different levels affects the games in, in weird ways, um, but the the participation is, is all across the country staying the same. I think national championships have gotten less and less important because with social media and YouTube and all that. College coaches can recruit from anywhere; they right. don't have to go to a national championship. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't, um, and a lot of people still do. Right. So. But yeah, I mean, there, there's just a ton of stuff that. You know, I know I'm, I'm ADD, if you can't tell. I'm all over the map. Right there with but, you. <laughs> but Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but from the ratings and the college coaches and, and, and all that, I mean, it's it's just it's fun stuff. Yeah. You know? It's been cool to see how you, as you mentioned, you start as a tournament management system and how you just, like, add a layer, add a layer, add a layer, add a layer, and that it differentiates volleyball life from anything else that's out there to me. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, we've we're we're a very hands on company. Um, sometimes we drive ourselves crazy with that, um, like we do too much and mm-hmm. help our clients too much, and then they rely on us. Um, but I mean, that's how I've built the product, and every product I've built in technology is the same way. So we we came out with the product, and then we just listened to our tournament directors. I mean, I still have tournament directors that will send me an email and say, "Oh, it'd be cool if we can do this." Two days later, we have it out. Yeah, you know, it, it's just we stay very quick and nimble. Um, being able to do upgrades, and that's where all this stuff comes mm-hmm. from. I mean, we've got so much cool stuff to run these large tournaments. Like when I'm running Pottstown, we have live scoring going. I can sit there and watch literally 300 matches going at once, and scores just ticking away. Yeah. Um, and say, all right, the score's about to open up. Can I put a match over there? And you know, and just make it a little yeah. bit easier. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just that's exactly what it's been. It's just layer after layer after layer. And, and unfortunately, I do that a little too much. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so it's it's held us back a little bit on our other product development um, because every time a tournament director calls, I'm like, oh crap, we got to take care of it. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, it's all about our clients. It's so. got to be hard to parse because I'm sure you probably get a lot of ideas, and probably 95 percent of them are just terrible ideas. You're like, ah, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Actually, we don't get that many weird ones. Um, That's awesome. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, great. so my policy is is pretty much always been. You know, if it's a if it's a feature that other tournaments can benefit from, and I think it, it'll be useful, then we'll do it. Yeah. If not, we're going to have to charge you customization rate. But mm-hmm. um, very rarely have we ever charged that. It's always been, you know, it'll help our community. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we do. That's good. That's yeah. good that you have that ability to, like, a tournament director will give you an idea, and that'll make Pottstown better or whatever other tournament. Like, oh, this is a sweet feature. Thanks for adding that. Well, thanks to the guy and you know. Uncle Bill's in North Carolina, yeah. Captain Bill's, whatever it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's been. I mean, Fuds is a big one, right? I, yeah. I, when I would go to Fuds, I, I think every Fuds I went to, I introduced like two or three new features. Yeah. Just at Fuds, just because oh, it'd be cool if we could do this. Okay, let's try it. And we just do it up and 
by the end of the tournament, we got a new feature. So <laughs> awesome. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. It's, it's a good time. So, so are you, do you like have a headquarters? Cause you're in Atlanta now. Yeah. Is it just like a fully remote squad? I thought I saw Kevin McCullough in Atlanta. Yeah. Is he living out there? Yeah. Yeah. He saw moved him out from there. afar. Yeah. He, he was, was sneaky good. <laughs> he yeah. was good. He looked yeah. at me like, oh, no. And then he just sliced you up. <laughs> the white Rafu, man. <laughs> white Rafu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah he, uh, he moved up to Northern California when he stopped playing. Right. Okay. Right? And then his, co- his wife was the head coach at UC Davis. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he was assistant for a while. Um, and he started Moxie Beach, so he owned a club out there. Mm. Um, and then he actually, it's a funny story, he called me and said, hey, can you do club management? Um, I love your software and you know, we get a lot of these calls. Mm-hmm. We love it. Can you do this? And we started talking about it. And I'm like, dude, listen, I, I really want to do it. And it's on our, it's on our roadmap. Um, why don't you come work for me and help me with this part? And then we can work on this together and blah, blah, blah. And so that's how he started working for me. Huh. And then a, a year later, um, Allie wanted to be done with coaching and, uh, I had picked up and moved to Atlanta. Um, and so they, they were looking at Oregon and, they just wanted to get out of California, and uh, so they picked up and moved to Atlanta, too. Huh. Um, so we're both in Atlanta. It's kind of funny because we never see each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So, I mean, we're both in the same suburb, Roswell, but I'm on the far east end. He's on the far west end, so we're 30 minutes apart. That's hilarious. Yeah. So you work together in the same burb. Yeah. Don't we, see We each probably other. call each other five, six times a day, <laughs> but see each other maybe maybe once every two months. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, yeah. yeah, but so it's for the longest time, you know, it was – me and Kevin, um, yeah. and we've just started hiring out and everything's remote. I mean, yeah. Brian Cook now works for us. Um, Mike, uh, Chris Olds out in Texas. Awesome. Um, even our, you know, bookkeeping guys, a, a player in Atlanta that I've never met personally. <laughs> Kevin's played against him, but, yeah. um, and so, and Mel's marketing down in San Diego. She just moved from Dallas to San Diego. Right on. Um, so yeah, we're all scattered, but yeah. Huh. It works for us, so it's working. I mean, yeah. you guys are a beast. <laughs> Trying to be. I feel like the more tournaments I play, the more I end up on volleyball life. Everything is migrating that direction. Yeah, we we grew massively this year. Like I said, we grew seventy percent um, last year. I think Bracket Pal was twice the size of us. I think this year we were probably. I think we had three times as many tournaments as he did. I think your Nike so. taking on Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, he he, you know. You just he did need an MJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're trying. I mean, it's like I said, I mean the more the more customers we get, the more we can do for the sport. You yeah. Know? The more data we can do and the the cooler products we can develop. Yeah. You know. And uh we're we're every company's gonna have haters eventually. Yeah. But so far I feel like that's I mean, a metric of success. Yeah, well, in that case, like once I, you get big enough, then it's like it's inevitable. Can be for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, it's been fun. Like we're, we're terrible at marketing. It's not what we're terrible. We just don't do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've uh, we had somebody call us the other day and say, "Y'all like the Silent Ninja Assassins." Like, what? <laughs> we had somebody call us a year ago and say, "Like, you know, this is like underground beach cult that no one knows about except for <laughs> good tournament directors." <laughs> and we're like, "Well, yeah. I mean, we hardly reach out to anybody." But you do the most powerful version of marketing, which is word of mouth. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, the Seth Godin rule where, you know, if you make, I don't know if you guys have read or heard of the book Purple Cow. Nope. Where when you see a purple cow, like all you can talk about is a purple cow. But you don't need marketing for the purple cow. Like it'll market itself. You're like building a purple cow that like word of mouth is the slowest version of marketing, but it gets you those 
true fans that we're yeah. talking about where you're the silent beach volleyball ninjas. Like yeah. every tournament director who likes working with you is going to tell another tournament director. He's going to move to you and then tell right. this tournament director. Yeah, we got a lot of customers that are champions, and I, and I love that. And, you know, we try to make all of our customers our champions. So, you know, hopefully we maintain that. I think this this industry, volleyball in general, has had decades of overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. From every company in the industry. Right. And everybody is overpromise and underdelivered. And so we've always tried to underpromise and overdeliver. And uh, I think we're growing at a rate that's getting harder and harder to do that. Yeah. Um, we were supposed to come out with club management a month or so ago, and we haven't come out with it yet. Um, but, you know, I mean, our tournament management is still top notch and always going to be. And we're just, you know, we're going to release stuff when we're ready to release it and, mm-hmm. and go from there, I guess. Yeah. So, Love it. what can our listeners do to support volleyball life? Only play tournaments on volleyball. Only play tournaments on volleyball. <laughs> no, there, there's still several tournament directors. It's funny because there are tournament directors out there who have never heard of us. Yeah. Um, especially in the Northeast. Uh, okay. there's, a, there's a lot of grass. The Midwest and the Northeast. So much grass. Yeah. The Carolinas are huge in grass. Yeah. It's nuts. Well, the US, USAV will help us with that. There's yeah. a lot of Carolina directors that are coming on board now. The whole region of um, the Carolina region is coming on board. Awesome. At least for the sand stuff. Mm-hmm. Grass is a little bit different. Um, and, you know, it's its own beast, but... You know, I mean, we by far can handle the biggest tournaments. I mean, Wapaka does on Saturday. It's a one-day tournament. Over a thousand teams. <laughs> Everybody goes to playoffs in one day. It's so crazy. It's insane. Wapaka is an animal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta yeah. witness it. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to go I don't to. Don't overpromise on this tour that we keep yeah. talking about, though. You have to at least visit uh, and yeah. maybe just do the clinic or something. I mean, Wapaka is the atmosphere there, especially this year. They added new stands, so the crowd looked twice as big. Yeah. Um, awesome. And you know they had the fireworks this year, and you know it's it's kind of funny we stumbled into some of these tournaments but in Wapaka I feel like is one of them yeah um that the guy who was was running it uh, is Wapaka the town that's what it's no originally Oshkosh yeah it's Oshkosh, in Oshkosh Wisconsin. Wisconsin. so it, it's moved several times how did they get that name Wapaka that's a good question I don't so know. The, the history of the tournament I don't know the full history this is just talking to Eddie but um it used to be I think it was started in, in a town called Wapaka Okay. Uh, but it also happened right there on the water. And after the tournament, everybody would go on a boat ride and, and all that. And then it, it's just morphed over the years where, you know, they, they have 300 quarts or something ridiculous at a farm. Um, and the farm across the street, they rent out like 250 camping spots. So 70% of the players are camping. Um, we got to do that. And so they yeah, have live music over there. Yeah. have live music over there. It's, Pull it's the bus just up, a though. full uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a full thing. I mean, it's it's an amazing atmosphere. The, the center court atmosphere this year was was insane. I mean, mm. it was it's crazy. I mean, yeah. They love their fans. They love out of system. Although yeah. there was a lot of people love seeing them lose because mm-hmm. that's never been done. They've I mean, you lost. didn't get to see it. They've yeah. never They're lost. Amazing. Who beat them? Uh, Tomas Goldsmith. No, they didn't lose to Tomas. No, what? Tomas won it, but it was the team that they beat that beat them. Okay, I believe. So it's not not any bigger names. Maybe some indoor. I think guys? they're good. Yeah, I think they lost. They're, to they're good definitely players. known yeah. players for sure. Who's and indoor out, players? Out of system is the Worsleys. But the and thing Micah is, is that they've never up. lost a single set when they have Micah. Yeah, Micah oh, was at Micah B&L, oh, okay. and so they had oh. Skylar Lilythorpe, who's good, but no he's no Micah. Yeah, yeah. no, Micah's the <laughs> ringer know? for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's just it's an amazing crowd. I mean, that tournament, you know, it runs pretty late, but you know, it, you don't mind it because yeah. it's just everybody stay. I mean, all these big tournaments. That's the one thing that no one. Uh, if you haven't been, that's what you're missing out on. Is yeah. everybody stays for the finals? Um, you know, all these other tournaments. I mean, even. AVPs. I mean, you have a stay in play. People lose, they go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you lost in Manhattan and then not gone and watched the finals? Oh yeah. Every time. Right? Well, there's <laughs> no out. there's no after parties <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. So yeah. everyone yeah. leaves. Well, now I go back just in case. Well, now I go back because I write about it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I it, lost on Saturday this year. And <laughs> I went back on Sunday <laughs> just to see Taylor's get got to see the bug. But there was a there was an after party. Yeah. yeah. Showback, yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's what these grassroots tournament they kind of, yeah, they kind of recreate that type yeah. of atmosphere. Is if you lose, you're still staying and, and watching, right? Which yeah. you just you don't get that. It's like else. that old thing when I was playing in Florida. If people lost like the quarterfinals, they'd be like, idiots in the finals. Like, I'm out here talking to women drinking, that's so <laughs> true. you're playing, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, They're like fifth place. Is the best finish you can get. The party used to be <laughs> Saturday night, right? Because you can't have a party Sunday night. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone playing Sunday is just like. That's why. Or Adam, you just party and play. That's why Adam Roberts with the Myrtle Beach Open, he's like, I don't care if we have to play sets to five. We're done. We're on finishing Saturday. on Saturday and we're partying. <laughs> <laughs> that's his thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's just but like, he has to win it. But he has or to win it. Not partying. Well, there's no party. <laughs> that was my bad. Let A Rob win. My bad. <laughs> But there's this, like, bucket list tour. I want to come out with a bucket list tour. We have, like, FUDs, Wapaka. I've never been to Pottstown. I don't know whether whether to include, like, the grass tournaments. I feel like it's, like, Pottstown's something you got to see. Seaside's awfully out of the way. Seaside, you got to go. We could drive up there. Motherlode. That's just a, I mean, the beach alone is just kind of a magical environment. It is. They never made it a pro event. Or they kind of did. They made it a tour series. Okay. Well, yeah. so they never yeah. made a pro event. But the crazy thing <laughs> is, is that even when it wasn't a pro event, it felt like one. Right. Because exactly. of the crowd. Exactly. The atmosphere, you're like, whoa. Like, we had three times as many fans awesome. as Atlanta. Well, right. probably 30 times as many fans as Atlanta. Right. Well, you really should have paid attention this year because it was the same prize money as if the AVP was there. Yeah. But there was like a third of the teams. John yeah. Mesco, baby! Mesco won? Yeah. Yeah. 46-year-old John Mesco. How much was the prize money? Same as the tour. Same, same as tour stuff. What did we call last it? year, I think? Uh, it was, well, last year it would have been, it would have been 20 grand if it was a tour series. I don't know if they kept the prize money. They kept the prize money I the same? I think she did. I'm not sure. So it would have but been like. I, I think they were going to keep so it. Um, I think you split like 3,800 if you want. Yeah, but for those events. It's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty totally. good. I mean, same as tour series, so. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's just, it's this magical event. And it just yeah, warmed, they're all warmed my soul that John Mesco won Seaside. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was talking to him in Manhattan. He's like, the glow I've had for the last week. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was it perfect. Mesco won Seaside. Taylor Crabs on the pier. All is right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make me too happy. <laughs> it was another Hawaii. I get it. I get he completed it. the outrigger. No, he definitely made me happy. Yeah. yeah. If I was going to be happy about something, yeah, you know, he's the one. I don't have to hear Trevor in my ear <laughs> pretty much for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Just enjoy it now. The juniors are making an uprising. Yeah, totally. The juniors dominated FUDs this year. Yeah, nice. the, uh, the men's ten- and women's. Tennessee kids, yeah. No way. Men's and women's was won by juniors. Well, some juniors. I mean, or juniors are 20-year-olds, 18. Yeah, who was yeah, it? Like, there's any Thomas six, Hurst? Ten Hurst ones them, that yeah. are going to be on the beach, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That and, you know, our rating system, like, picked up on Sarah Wood, like, two years Dude, ago. She's years crazy. Ago. Yeah, it's insane. But I remember, I remember when we were when piece. we were designing the rating system, and I was testing and doing all this stuff. I'm like, "Who's this Sarah Wood chick?" She's popping in up. The Matrix. She's like 13 <laughs> years old. Why does she keep popping up? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. She uh, she qualified for her most of this year. Is she? I don't wow. know if she's 15 now or 14, but she's the youngest ever to qualify for Major. She's yeah. She's, she's awesome. good. Sorry, Miles. Yeah. Whoever that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's good. So. Yeah. Well, Johnny, man, thanks for coming in. Yeah, glad uh, we can us. make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know technology's boring. I'm glad you all at least willing to talk about it. It's oh, super I'm interesting. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I obviously need to be. <laughs> well, when you're ready to do your tour, just hit us up. Yes. We'll, we'll help walk you through it's it. Oh, no. It's we're all gonna do coming together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Especially when it comes to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is huge. Yeah. Good place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we'll go. I there. mean, you know what Austin's been like. The fans there are amazing. Totally. Yeah. Except yeah. we put them in like a softball park. It's not <laughs> the best. <but laughs> in the heat. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Tell all the Texas this. They love their sports. Yeah. yeah. Well, good volleyball life. Running tournaments there. Best software in the world. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. All right, boys. Shoots. Shoots. <laughs>